So I don't know uh, many of you at all, and I don't know your journey of faith, but I'm guessing you're either a Christian or you're exploring, because why else would you be here on a Sunday night? So I've got a very simple message for you this evening. Why is it simple? Well, I want to remind you who he is, and I then want to remind you who you are. I've got some good news for you, and who doesn't like good news, right? This is the gospel message. It's exactly what it means. And it goes a bit like this, that God loves you. He really does. He loves you. But you have sinned. I have sinned. I have messed up multiple times daily, actually. But all of us fall short of the glory of God. So we celebrated last week at Easter that he made a way where we couldn't make a way. He took our guilt and our shame and he paid the price that we couldn't pay. He died for you. That's how precious you are. But I want to go one step further than just what we learned about on Easter. I want to remind you that he is coming back. I know he's coming back because he said so. Just like he said to his disciples, I will die and be resurrected three days later, he also told them he will return. And he did good on that first promise, right? He came back three days later, hallelujah. So we know he's going to do good on that second promise. So I want to encourage all of us just to remember who he is, to help us remember who we are so we can be ready for when that day comes. And I want to encourage us today that whilst we are still sinners, Jesus died for us. But even though we are sinners, he can use us in his kingdom. That it doesn't disqualify us from the amazing plans and purposes he has for our life. We can read all through scripture time and time again. People that God uses to further the kingdom. And unfortunately for him, I'm picking on one of those guys tonight. A chap called Peter. A chap who messed up. But we can read how God can even use his mess up to be the catalyst for the early church growth. So I feel sorry for Peter tonight that we're picking on him. But the story comes good. So if you've got your Bibles with you, my first scripture tonight is taken from the book of Luke. The book of Luke in chapter 22. Luke 22, and we're reading from 54 to 62. 54 to 62. And it's, I mean, even the title in my Bible is not good for Peter. It says, Peter disowns Jesus. Um, I feel sorry for Peter because he messed up, but his friends just didn't let him forget about his mess up. Have you ever had friends like that? You did something stupid once and they keep reminding you, or every time you go back to that place, do you remember when you fell over or do you remember when you did this? Well, Peter's mates, they actually wrote down his mess up. So here we are 2,000 years ago, thanks to Peter's mates. So G Peter disowns Jesus. So Jesus um, is being arrested. So then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. And Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight, and she looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. So he'd been recognized to be one of the disciples, to be a Jesus follower. So, so far, I think, good lad Peter. 
I wonder how many people in our lives recognize that we are Jesus' followers. If anyone would say, I know that this person goes to church. I know that this person is a Christian. So well done, Peter. You're doing good, mate. But he denied it. Oh, you messed up. Woman, I don't know him, he said. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you were also one of them. And Peter says, man, I am not. And about an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him because he's a Galilean. And Peter replied, man, I do not know what you are talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned to him and looked straight at Peter. Have you sinned and messed up? And straight away you feel like the Lord's looking at you. Like, I don't need to wait for confession on Sunday. That hit home straight away. I feel like Jesus is looking right into my heart. But the Lord turned and he looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your living word. That is Jesus Christ, that he really is now seated at your right hand, interceding for me and for Forward Free Methodist Church. And we thank you so much for your written word, the Holy Scriptures, because they help us to live well. They teach us about your ways. And I pray now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would bring this word alive in our hearts and in our um, lives so that we can serve you better as part of your church family. Amen. Amen. So as a pastor, I get the privilege to speak to quite a lot of people on their journeys of faith. And, and, and more people than you would know have questions, deep questions. Um, they don't say, I've got a deep question. They just start thinking about stuff. And a common one that I hear all the time, it sometimes gets dressed up a little bit differently. But it basically boils down to, I'm too much of a mess up. For God to love me. They wouldn't use those words. They might have said, I have this thing in my past and I just can't deal with it. Or I've let him down time and time again. Or I don't deserve God's love because of something that I did or was done to me. It all boils down to this idea. But I want to encourage you today that if that is you, then I've got some good news. That if you are feeling that you have let God down some way, somehow in your life, and I know that I have, that these feelings are ones that a lot of people have had to battle with on their journey of faith. That you are not alone. In fact, the Bible teaches us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, all of us in some ways will have these feelings. And if I just go through some of the big hitters in the Scriptures... We start off with Adam and Eve. Can you imagine being in this sinless perfection where you actually walk with God and the one thing he tells you not to do is the one thing you go and do. Sometimes that's what it feels like in my life that God says, let's not go this way. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, as I quietly walk off over on this way. And then we move on through scriptures and we look at Abraham and Sarah. Imagine having such a relationship with God that he wants to make a covenant with you that you are going to bless many nations. But the one way he wanted to do it, you try and do it on your own. 
I'm guilty of that, wanting to serve God, but in my own strength that always ends up messing up. What about further on when we see about King David, a man after God's own heart? The Bible doesn't say that about many people. But even King David messed up time and time again. And then moving into the New Testament, what about the people that even walked with Jesus himself? What about those preachers and teachers of the law? When Jesus was asking them to come and follow me, what a disappointment that they missed out on that. And then what about Judas? who'd actually been up close and personal with Jesus for three years and still didn't quite get it. So I want to encourage you all today that if you feel like you have let God down, that you have had a mess in your life, that you are not alone. And I want to share with you a story about when I was younger and I felt that I had let God down big time. In fact, I didn't feel like I'd let him down big time. I had let him down. I was part of a small church, a Free Methodist Church in Cornwall called Helston, uh, Helston Free Methodist Church. Um, and our pastor is our superintendent now, John Townley. He was my childhood pastor. And John had this vision that this small church in Helston was going to grow and multiply all across Cornwall, that we were going to be planting churches. And it's super exciting that John was right with that vision. Now looking back 25 years later, how successful he was at church planting and, and how God blessed the ministry there. But at this time, John had an idea. Now in Cornwall, there is only one city. Now it's not really a big city to be honest, but it's called Truro. And it's seen as this big city. We're from a small town called Helston. And you've got the big city of Truro where there's proper shops. There was even a HMV and, and things like that that we just didn't have. There was a JJB Sports and all the younger people are thinking, they're not even shops anymore, are they? But these, I was excited. We were going to the city to bring the good news to see if Pastor John had heard right that we were to plant a church here. Now, he wanted us to gauge um, how the city was doing and see if we could do a bit of evangelism and, and have a chance to talk to people. And the best way we all know to do that is through food. So in the middle of Truro, there's a bit of a square. Um, and, and, and we were doing a barbecue to hand out free food to anyone that wanted to come. But there was a catch, because there's never such thing as a free lunch, is there? especially in church, they want something from you. Um, and uh, the catch was, to get your free hot dog or your free burger, you had to have a token. And to get your token, you had to speak to one of the team. So the team had badges on, so you would be walking around, oh, what's this, free, free barbecue, that sounds great. How do I get it? Oh, well, Jason and Lawrence and Ian have their badges on, so it gives you a great opportunity to start chatting to people. Hey, yeah, of course, I can get you a voucher and one for your wife and two for your children. What was your name? Do you live here? Do you go to church? So a really simple way of getting a chance to talk to them before they could grab their free hot dog. It's a really brilliant idea. And first thing in the morning, we assembled as a team and we were talking about this badge idea. And my dad was in charge of handing out the badges to the team. So we have like a bit of a prayer time, a holy huddle, and you go around handing out the badges. And I was 13 and I really didn't want a badge. Like I, you know, I was just happy to be in Truro because it's a big city, but I didn't really want to get involved. And uh, dad didn't say anything and no one really noticed. Um, probably just thought I'd walked off or whatever. But as they were setting up, he just came over to give me my badge as if... Come on, Johnny, you know, you need to wear your badge. And I just remember being like, Dad, I don't want to wear a badge. And I just remember, not the exact words, but Dad saying to me that one day you want Jesus to stand before God to tell him that he knows you. But you're not willing to stand today in Truro to say that you know him. And I just thought, 
what do you know, you're old. And I walked off. I didn't wear the badge. I didn't wear it. But after about half an hour, there was something stirring inside of me that I realized that I was denying the one that I'd just been baptized to say, I give my all for this guy, Jesus. I love him with my whole heart. But I'm not willing to wear a little badge to say that, that, that I was part of this church. So I went up to go and see my dad. And I said, Dad, I want a badge, but I don't want one of those little ones. We also had one big sandwich board. You know those big sandwich boards? People don't really wear them anymore. But you know advertising stuff where you've got like a big, big uh, advert on your front and your back and you walk around. Now, no one wanted the sandwich board. So they'd written a rotor that people would go on it for half an hour at a time. Anyway, we didn't need the rotor because I wore it all day. And about uh, just after lunchtime, early afternoon, the worst thing that could possibly happen, the cool kids from my year saw me wearing this sandwich board for church. Now, this, this shouldn't have happened anyway. We were in a different city to where I lived. Um, but I can remember not being bothered one bit because I probably was doing a deal with Jesus in my head thinking, see, I stood up for you, so you better stand up for me. No, that's not good theology. But I knew that I was doing what God had called me to do that I was nailing my colors to the mast, that I was picking up my cross daily or my sandwich board that day to be part of his church. So do you think that that morning when I denied Jesus, I let him down, I messed up, do you think that disqualifies me from being part of his church? Or in fact, maybe, just maybe, do you think I learned a lesson that now that I'll stand at the front of church and I'll tell anyone the good news of Jesus... Because he's a God of second chances. And he said, Johnny, you might not wear a badge now, but maybe in the future you can have a microphone because I'm going to work in your heart in such a way that only I can do. So what about Peter? Going back to the text. What about Peter? He let Jesus down. He disowned him. His um, letdown is even written down. But I want to read another scripture about Peter slightly earlier in this story. If you've got your Bibles, it's in Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16, from thir uh, verse 13 to verse 20. Now this has got a better title for Peter. He comes up trumps here. It says, Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah. He gets it. So whenever, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? I wonder, in our lives, who do people around us say that Jesus really is? At Easter time, hopefully we've had some conversations with some of our non-Christian friends and colleagues. And I wonder who they really think that Jesus is. And they replied, some say he's John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus says this, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. I wonder if Jesus just went, bingo, <laughs> you get it. You've got it. Well done. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone he was the Messiah. So Peter, just a couple of uh, chapters, verses earlier, he knew who Jesus really was. He declared it. And Jesus knew that Peter knew. But Jesus also knew that Peter was weak and human and would continue messing up. He knew that Peter would betray him. But that doesn't mean that Jesus disqualified him from the purposes that he had for Peter. I wonder, you know, when, with that first scripture we read from Luke, that he said when the Lord looked at Peter, Peter wept bitterly. I wonder if that was a turning moment in Peter's life. That through those tears and that anguish, he was saying, never again, Lord. Never again will I let you down in this way. I will never deny that you are the Messiah. And Jesus knew that once Peter had this conviction deep in his heart, that he could be trusted with the keys of the kingdom. That he would be the rock on which the church would be built. And I love, just from a history point of view, that when Peter went to um, uh, be the catalyst to spread the good news, that he was persecuted, so much so that the Romans crucified him as well, just like crucified Jesus. But Peter said, I'm not worthy to be killed in the same way as the Messiah, so crucify me upside down. Peter got it. He really got it. And on the site where Peter was crucified, now sits the Vatican City, the very center of the church, St. Peter's Basilica. That St. Peter was the first pope of the church, the first bishop of the bishops. Jesus knew that this guy could be trusted with the keys of the kingdom, even though he was going to mess up. So let's just carry on the story a little bit more, what Jesus said to Peter after he told him this. So back to Matthew 16, but now we're dropping down to 21 to 28. And Jesus predicts his own death. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And that he must be killed and on the third day he'd be raised to life. So Peter knew this was coming. The disciples knew. Peter took him to one side and he began to rebuke him. Could you imagine rebuking Jesus? And, Jesus, uh, and Peter says to Jesus, never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And what does Jesus say? Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind or the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will find it. So just one chapter before Peter finally gets it, Jesus says, who do you say I am? And he says, you're the Messiah. And then the next minute, Jesus is telling him what he's about to do. And Peter tries telling the Messiah that he's wrong. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Talk about messing up. Jesus is rebuking him, saying that he is a stumbling block to his own ministry, yet still allows Peter 
to be the rock on which he builds his church. I want to encourage us here tonight that just because we have messed up in the past does not mean that we are a mess up. That just because you have lost in the past does not mean you are a loser. Just because you have messed up in your past does not mean that God cannot use you anymore. So if today you feel like something in your past or your current habits are holding you back from your full calling, your full purpose that God has for you, I want you to receive freedom and forgiveness because he has that for you tonight. You may have let God down, but not through anything we could ever do, but from what Jesus did for us on the cross, he has made a way where there shouldn't be a way. Because I wholeheartedly believe that your life is too significant, that your time is too precious, that your calling is too great and your God is too good for you to be living a life feeling that you have let God down. He wants you to walk in his freedom and his love. He wants you to be bringing the good news to the lost. I say in my church that we need to be bringing light and life to a dark and dying world. So, what's the correct response? If we're Christians, like Peter, we say, who do you say I am? We know he's the Messiah. We believe in Easter. But I don't think that the story ends at Easter. Because what did Jesus say? I will come back. So we live in this middle of time where we can receive that, receive that grace and that mercy that Jesus paid for on the cross. And we can use it to be part of this kingdom that Peter was the catalyst to start. That we can be part of this church that Peter and the other disciples gave their life for. Because we know that one day he is returning. And we know that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that our good works will never save us, but they might help in saving others, bringing and inviting them into the church because Forward Free Methodist Church is the hope for Preston. No one else is coming. If we don't share the good news that Jesus died for us and he is coming back, then one day people are going to have very tough conversations when they meet their maker. And I want to make sure that I do all that I can possibly do to ensure that the kingdom is full. That whilst Jesus entrusted Peter to be the rock on which the church would be built, he now entrusts you guys to carry on the church. Once someone invited us in, once we were far from God, And now we get to be called the chosen, that we get to be a royal priesthood, joint heirs with Christ, holy, set apart, more than conquerors, blessed and highly favored, the head and not the tail. Because other people invited us into this good news story. And I want to invite you to get out there and to share. Now you might not have to be like Peter and die that death. And you might not have to be like me and wear a sandwich board in the middle of Preston. But I encourage you, there are so many ways that you can share your faith. 
Maybe just tomorrow morning when you're at school or college or at work and people say, what did you do at the weekend? You say, oh, I watched the football on Saturday and I went for a walk on Sunday afternoon. And you skip the part when you said, I was in church on Sunday night. People are always watching and listening. You don't know what type of conversation that will start. You don't need to be worried because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak. And guess what? If some people think you're weird for it, I'll be weird for Jesus all day long. Because he died for me. And there's souls to be saved. And there's disciples to be made. And Forward Free Methodist Church can be the catalyst for that here in this city and beyond. So I'm going to close now and invite the band to come up and maybe play in the background. And as the Spirit leads, go into your closing songs. Or uh, You guys are great, so you'll know what to do. But during that, I just want to, I felt at the beginning of the service, maybe three responses, uh, two responses. But now I feel that, that maybe there's a third response. But for first response Here's a Christian term for you. Do some business with God. If there's anything that you feel is holding you back from the purpose that God has on your life, then tonight is the night that you need to lay that at the foot of the cross. Do some business with God. Say sorry for the sins, the times we've messed up, the times we've let him down. Acknowledge that he is king and turn from those ways. What a freedom that you will receive by doing that. But second, I wanted to invite anyone who wants to receive the Holy Spirit. That sounds weird, especially if you've never had it done before. But to invite his kingdom to break into your heart first. I believe it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to continue this journey of faith. That gives us the strength that we need to continue the gospel message. Our little church, we managed to um, pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit regularly. If you need that today, a fresh anointing, or the first time of someone laying hands on you and releasing you into this Holy Spirit anointing that Jesus gave to Peter and he wants for us, then that too. And also just the third one, I don't know where this has come from, it doesn't really quite fit. But I wonder if there's anyone here um, that maybe has on their heart that they, they um, want to step up into... Um, Maybe like a leadership ministry within church. Um, and you've not had that opportunity. Or maybe there's something in your past that you've messed up that you feel has disqualified you from that ministry as well. I just would love to pray with you. Um, just come forward and I'd love to start that journey with you as well tonight. So those are those three things. Let's do some business with God. Let's say sorry for our sin. The gospel message. Thank you for Easter. And I want to leave that mess behind. Two, if anyone wants to receive the Holy Spirit, maybe you need a fresh anointing. Some of that Holy Spirit power that gets us fired up to spread the good news. And maybe if there's one or two people that are thinking about some type of leadership ministry and you would like being affirmed in that or hearing a word from God in that today as well, just come forward, come forward. Pastor Jason's here, I'm here, Pastor Ian's here. Just come on these front two rows during this uh, worship set. We'd love to be praying with you. Um, because we're in it. But let me just close in a prayer of blessing over us here this evening. Father God, I thank you so much that you made a way where we couldn't ever make a way. That you love us more than we could ever imagine. That you have incredible plans for us. We are so, so sorry for the times we have messed up in our lives. 
when we've let you down. Maybe when we've disowned you in front of our friends and our family. But I pray tonight is a night where we do business with you and we leave that at the foot of your cross. That we no longer listen to the lies of the enemy that we are good for nothing. God, we thank you so much that you can turn our tests into our testimony. Just with like Peter. God, I pray today will be a fresh start for each and every one of us. That we can be your church. We can be your hands and feet. We can be your rescue plan for this city. I pray as we go from this place this evening that we will carry your Holy Spirit with us. That you would rest and remain on us this week. That we know that we are blessed and highly favoured because of who you say we are. In Jesus' name, amen.